what's going on everybody welcome back to episode number 37 of the son of man podcast and i'm super passionate and excited about this podcast that you're about to listen to uh this is a podcast with timothy regal who's a coach who helps men through their struggles with pornography and sexual addiction and i believe this is going to help so many people on their journey this is something that the majority of people and the majority of christians actually struggle with you're not alone you're not the only one who struggles with this we've both been on our own journey with pornography just like many of our friends and the people we love so believe this is going to bless you this is going to help you with some practical actionable steps on your journey and man i just want to encourage you you're not alone people are going to help you people are going to support you and this is going to be one amazing journey that's hard but you are going to come out stronger and better than you were and so please listen to this episode it's going to help you so much i really believe that and for further information i'll leave timothy regals all his links and everything down below we can take that next step to help you even more on your addiction but we have heaps of actionable stuff you can take away from this episode free of charge so without further ado here is episode number 37 of the son of man podcast timothy <laughs> regal welcome to the son of man podcast how are you doing Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for jumping on. This is, as we sort of said in, in the introduction, this is probably an episode I've been super pumped to talk about for a while, something that I've been on my own journey with, and I know the power and the freedom that is possible with the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode. But before we get into obviously it's in the title, we're talking about pornography. Why don't you give us a little bit of context? Why don't you tell us about yourself? What's your story and your history in this area? Sure, sure. Be glad to. So my history in it is that I came through it and I struggled with it. Um, I was addicted to porn and sexual addiction as well for about 15 years. It started as a, just a curious teenager, just like it does with a lot of guys. You know, I was, I was young and and curious and kind of grew up right at the cusp of the internet porn age in the, in the early two thousands and got hooked to it and stayed hooked to it and as i got older it got worse and it it even escalated beyond just porn into um got into you know more hardcore stuff and then got into you know the webcams and the chat rooms then got into meetups and then um, all that sort of stuff Mm. and i I played in bands and i played music and stuff for a long time and kind of lived the whole sex drugs and rock and roll lifestyle for a few years and i got married had kids and kind of thought that would take care of it. And it it didn't. Mm. In fact, it got worse. Um, And things continued to escalate to where at the point where I had multiple, um, you know, was unfaithful to my wife multiple, multiple times, um, you know, got into all kinds of crazy dark stuff, orgies, hookups, three, you know, kind of the works and, and well, continuing to struggle Mm. with porn throughout all that time. Mm. Um, I knew it was wrong the whole time. There was never a time where I, I consciously tried to justify it. I always knew it was wrong. I was grew up in a good Christian home. I've always been a Christian. I've always considered myself a Christian. I just didn't always live it. But I always knew it was wrong, and I always wanted to quit. I never really wanted to do it. And I did all the things you're supposed to do. You know, I read all the books. I went to all the seminars. I did the Bible studies. I went to counseling. I met with the pastor. You know, I did all those things that you're supposed to do. And none of them worked. I would have success for a little while, and but I would always go back to it. And it, this continued on and off for, for years. My wife and I separated at one point for over a year because of it. Um, you know, Thank the Lord we eventually got back together, um, but it even continued after that. This continued until about five years ago um, when the last time I got caught, I got caught by two of my best friends. Mm. And they pretty much disowned me. 
And that was kind of the wake-up call for me. Uh, why? I, I don't know why it was losing my two buddies that I, you know, go out for a beer with that got me to wake up and it, not all the pain I caused my wife and mm. my family. But that was the, the method God chose to, to wake me up, and it did. I uh, began meeting with a pastor friend of mine um, who really mentored me and coached me through it and helped me understand why I was addicted. And that was a big difference. It wasn't just that I wasn't trying hard enough or wasn't praying hard enough or I wasn't just doing the right habits or whatever. He said, there's something behind this. There's a reason you're doing this. There's some pain that you're trying to escape from. And so he helped me figure that out. And that's what helped me mm -hmm. have lasting recovery. Um, so I overcame it. My wife and I ended up renewing our wedding vows on our 10th anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, I was always involved with church, and I was at a point where I was able to mentor some other young men, um, high school, college age guys, and realized how bad porn was with them. So I started mentoring them and coaching them a little bit. Then I started writing online, social media. I started a blog, podcast, those type of things. Um, and, you know, God just kind of took it and ran with it. You know, it was something... You know, I didn't wake up one morning and be like, hey, I'm just going to talk about porn all the time now. <laughs> you know, it kind of, right. you know, God kind of put this, put this ministry, you know, in my, in my lap and said, here, do it. And right. so I started coaching. And so I've been coaching now for a little over three years, um, helping men one-on-one -on -one overcome porn addiction, sex addiction, helping them to heal and restore their marriages and, and become, become better men. Yeah, that's epic. And first of all, incredible story but i'm hoping what people get out of that is actually everyone's story is quite similar and um, the intricacies and the small details of it are all a little bit different but mm -hmm. i mean what i've talked about so far but i'm in a group with men and we talk about this sort of stuff and we're dealing with you know where all of us are uh in different journey uh different steps of the journey mm -hmm. but um with pornography but i think when we first all opened up and talked to each other about it, all our stories are actually pretty much the same. And your story is also um, in a similar, you know, you often, you said you're of trying to heal from something. Often people have childhood trauma. They start watching pornography. They want to stop. They can't stop. It affects people. Then they want to stop even more and it gets worse. And blah, blah, blah. Like there's a cycle that often pretty much everyone goes through, especially men right. in the church. Um, so what I'm, I'm hoping people listening to this will actually realize and what I realized as of someone who serves in the worship team, who goes to church every Sunday, I felt horrible for my addiction and my struggles because I'm not good enough to be playing guitar in church or I'm not good enough to be doing all this sort of stuff. But actually when you start to open up about it, you realize, I, th I think what, what are the, you might know the stats. I think I learned something like 70% of men or something in church struggle. And you're like, when you start to see the people who joined my group, I'm like, oh, these are all people who are like leading in church and all these incredible people and they're struggling as well. So hopefully that helps some people sort of understand that they're not alone and everyone's, well, most people are actually going through the same thing they are. So thank you for that. Um, what I want to talk about is how you think the church has failed to discuss porn with men, because that's definitely been a situation in my church. Well, it comes up once a year, maybe. Apart from that, no one really talks about it. And I didn't even know there were men's group in my church until I started to talk one-on-one -on -one with people. So what's your perspective on how do you think the church has sort of failed men in that situation? Yeah, I just think they failed them by not, not addressing it, honestly, and not, right. not talking about it. Totally. For one of the biggest problems, I think, is they kind of, it was just hammered into kids. Don't drink, don't have, mm. you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't have sex. You know, those were the big three, you know. 
Right. And in the late 90s and everything, there was, I don't know how old you are, but when I was in, in middle school, high school, in late 90s, early 2000s, it was the purity culture stuff was really big. Mm. And, you know, it was it was just, you know, abstinence at the, you know, the barrel of a gun, basically, you know. and Right. <laughs> and which, yes, the church should be teaching abstinence. I'm not saying that. But it was mm. just brute force, and they never explained explained why. They never under explained. They never explained the dangers, and it was just don't do this. It's sinful. And when they should have taught, mm. hey, sex is actually a wonderful, beautiful thing that God created. It's just designed for marriage, and it's special. And when something's just beaten into you, and don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and you become a little bit of a rebellious teenager like I was. You know, what mm. do you think the first three things you want to do are once you turn you know, 14, <laughs> 15 years old, right? Right. So yeah. that's what I did. And so I discovered pornography, and I'm like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> you know? Right. I didn't know the dangers of it. I'm like, hey, this is, this is exciting. It's thrilling. It feels good. Like, this, mm -hmm. this, is, this is, you know, you know wh why was I being told this was such a god-awful thing and I'm going to hell for if I do it when this is right. this amazing thing? So... Mm. I think they failed in that in, in teaching the younger generation. It was just don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and they never had a conversation mm -hmm. about why. Um, on the other hand, I think the church as a whole has failed men. Their men are first of all men are in the church, period. Mm. Um, women outnumber men two to one in the church. It's mainly because there's nothing there for men. You know, it, it's a mm. it's a, most modern Protestant evangelical churches are very feminized, um, even the ones that are right. considered conservative churches. Um, you know, there's the, um, you know, the sermons are watered down. There's no call to repentance. You know, everything is, is kind of geared more towards women. It's this touchy-feely TED Talk type of thing. <laughs> you know, there's all the, um, you know, I call them the, well, you're, you're in, in, in New Zealand, Australia, so there's all the Hillsong stuff, and I call them the Jesus is my mm. boyfriend songs. You know, <laughs> and, you know, so there's nothing there for men. So men aren't there. The men aren't being taught. Men aren't being raised. Men aren't being preached to. And so they're not there to address those issues. And so when it's a feminist-centered culture, all you're going to do is just crap on men for being struggling with porn instead of getting them the help they need and actually talking about it. Mm. Plus, like you said earlier, there's so many, there's a lot of pastors and stuff that are dealing with it as well. So that's another reason why it isn't talked about. But it needs right. to. It's a sin just like any other sin. There's no sin that's more taboo, really, than any others. Um, yeah. You know, we talk about all the other sins in church. We need to talk about this, too, and, and give men the, the tools to overcome it instead of just telling them they're gross, disgusting perverts and <laughs> say, hey, I get this. I know it's a struggle. You know, I always, I always look at Romans 7, which I call the addiction chapter, where Paul's talking about, he says, I know what the right thing to do is, but I don't do it. I don't want to do the right. wrong thing, but I still do it. You know, and that's yeah. that's addiction in a heart and then in a nutshell. And mm. so that's what we need to to come to in a church where we have those tools and have those programs for men to get help. Yeah, I totally empathize with a lot of what you just said then. And I want to get into practical stuff soon. But first, I just want to ask your opinion on like, I think I was talking to someone in my church. And so we've got we've got men's groups about pornography and stuff that I had no idea about until I started talking to one close person who I trust a lot about my struggles, which took me like six years or so to open up about because of, 
other issues and then that sort of came up and then I'm like oh yeah I do struggle with that mm, crap and then so that was that sort of came up and then I heard about all these men's groups I'm like oh wow there's is stuff but no one knows about it and so we've got this one guy who's not on staff or anything at church he's just volunteering trying to build this men's ministry within our church but I think he's been struggling with getting stuff signed off and funding and stuff from our pastors and everything because I don't know specifically who we, we've got a few different campuses so I'm not sure what the hierarchy looks like exactly when it comes to this sort of stuff but what I've heard come up is we have some pastors who have never struggled with this they did grow up in Christian homes and obviously 70% of whatever people do struggle with porn but that means there's 30% of people who don't right. and that when we have those 30% of people in charge which is great that they don't struggle but it means they can't empathize with how difficult addiction really is because they haven't gone through it themselves right. and so when it comes to getting funding and everything for like courses and workbooks and everything to work through this sort of stuff they're like mm, pray about it fast about it you know what i mean right. what's your right. example with that sort yeah of stuff? i would i would i would tend to agree with that i mean you know yeah if their their pastors aren't struggling with it praise the lord you know i mean I, you know right. that that's that's incredible but you know there isn't there isn't a class in seminary on how to help your congregation with porn totally. addiction you know, and what? I don't know if there needs to be, but it's like that's not <laughs> something they necessarily necessarily teach. So it doesn't have to be the pastors who do it. You know, I, it's great if there's right. lay people who step up and, and and lead that, but the pastors need to see the importance of it. And totally. it, it's you know, ironically, it's not the, the 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 sexy programs that the churches has that gets all the funding. You know what mm. I mean? You know, the kids right. get all the funding, the missions get all the funding, the other things do, which which they should. You know, um, mm. certainly not to minimize any other ministries of the church, but mm. you're right. Yeah, men's ministries tend to get kind of the tail end of the budget, and they end up being very shallow. Um, you know, it's often just just simple social stuff, like you go have a men's breakfast once a month, and and you don't you talk about sports and the weather. <laughs> That's not what men need. Men need to sit down, be vulnerable, talk to each other, carry each other's burdens, confess to one each other, challenge one each one another. And encourage each other to be better men and better godly men. Mm, I totally agree. Because now that I'm in that men's group where we do all those sorts of things, probably like one of the most transformative years of my life, to be honest. Absolutely. And yeah. so, 100%, 100% agree. I want to get practical. Why do you think men know not to watch porn's bad, sex before marriage, bad? Why do people do it? Like, why? Oh, you mentioned before, you, you know, you use it to heal wounds from your past, maybe, medicate issues that, you know, you're not necessarily subconscious consciously aware of but why do you think men struggle so much with something that they know is wrong in the first place well i think there's two reasons for it kind of the abstract reason is it's a sin and we live in a fallen sinful world and we mm. are predisposed to choose sin you know mm. so we're always going to struggle with sin whatever it might be you know so that's the the kind of the abstract reason if you will the other one is men have learned to use porn and sex as their escape, as their coping mechanism, as the way they deal right. with life. And mm. because it's, we live in such a hyper-sexualized culture where sex is everywhere you look, on TV, in movies, online, you know, and even, even when I was a little kid, you know, you st it wasn't so easy to get porn. You had to go and, and find your, your, your dad's playboy under the bed or something like that. Uh, mm. And and years before that, you had to go to the you know the creepy curtain in the in the video <laughs> VHS rental store, which you might be not even be old enough to remember those. But like, nah. and 
And, <laughs> you know, but now you have access with one of these every, every right. single place you go 24-7 for free. Right. And men are learning, often at a young age, when, when guys are preteen, teenagers, you know, they're going through a lot of obvious life changes, hormonal changes, and they're learning that they're discovering porn and sex, but then they use it as their coping mechanism. When their brains are still developing, it becomes their means to escape. So when they're dealing with teenage emotions, when they're dealing with everything that they're going through in life, it becomes the way that they cope. So when they're sad, they go to porn. When they're angry, they go to porn. When they're, when they're depressed, mm-hmm. they go to porn. You know, it becomes that quick fix to feel better. Right. But then it just spirals and keeps compounding, and it, and it actually makes things worse. Mm. Um, you know, you feel like crap for looking at porn. So you feel, you know, you, then you need to you get down and depressed and anxious and, and frustrated. And then you, then you want to watch porn again to, to feel better, and then you feel bad again. for And it just continues this cycle over and over and over again. So men are learning this at a young age, and as they get older, it's just getting worse. And so when they're in marriages, when they're in the workplace, when they're whatever, they still use porn as their escape. And mm. it takes figuring out, like, what is it they're escaping from? And right. that's where the true, true healing comes in. But they, they get there because they, they just learn it either from, like me, it was like a teenage curiosity thing and I just got hooked. Or mm. there's major trauma. You know, there is so much sexual abuse that no one even knows about. So many right. men that I've worked with have dealt with sexual abuse. It's, and it's just it's horrible how many of these young men had abuse mm. or physical abuse or they had some other major mm. trauma. You know, the parents divorced or right. somebody died or, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they learned to deal with that through this. Or it might not even be those, those major things. It could be, you know, I, had, I for a long time struggled with a fear of rejection because I, I had this gut had this bad relationship with a girl in high school. And it's like, mm. who, who cares? Who doesn't get dumped in high school, you know? <laughs> but mm. there was a fear of rejection that got tied to that. And I used porn to escape that because there's no chance or fear of rejection with porn. Right. And so that became my my go-to for everything mm. until it was completely out of control. No, that makes so much sense. And yeah, I, to- I totally get where you're coming from. And like I said before, I think everyone sort of, everyone's story is different, but the building blocks are still there. We're trying to medicate a pain or we're trying to just get through life or use that to heal our emotions or whatever. And so in saying that, I just want to go straight up the guts. What's, what's the best way to quit? What's like the core fundamental? What have you seen with the people you coach? Best way that people are missing or whatever comes to your mind when I say that? What do sure. you think is the best way to overcome so, this? So there's no, you know, do X, Y, and Z and you'll quit porn. Totally. You know, there, there's no quick fix. There's no life hack. There's no anything like that. Mm. My coaching focuses on two areas, though. Um, right. The first area is habits. Mm-hmm. So I say all the time, porn is more than just a bad habit. Mm. You know, and that's true. And that's why so many people keep stuck in it, because they treat it just like a bad habit. They just think if they try harder or pray harder, or, you know, um, you know, have enough discipline and motivation that they can overcome it, and you can't. That's why guys go for a few weeks or a few months at a time and eventually fall back to it because eventually the habits aren't enough to overcome those other things. Totally. But habits are an important part of it. They're, they're still essential, but they aren't the cure. Mm-hmm. So we need to focus on those habits. We need to focus on building routines, um, having accountability, 
uh, journaling, um, you know, blocking software. I'm, I'm a big fan of Covenant Eyes. Um, it's not a, it's not, again, it's not the cure, but it's a tool. And mm. so we need to get those habits in place. And what those habits do is provide boundaries. They provide a guardrail before us. They provide a kind of a defensive perimeter for us so that we can deal with the real issue, which is the heart. You know, right. habits are important, but the heart is where the real um, healing comes from. It's like, you know, an alcoholic that somehow wises up and they're like, you know what, I'm done drinking, and they pour all their booze down the drain. Yeah, that's mm. great. They got rid of that temptation, got rid of that opportunity. But it didn't deal with why they drink in the first place. Totally. And that's, that's what we need to figure out, is why are we watching porn? What are we using porn to escape from? So we put those habits in place as a way to protect ourselves and a way to kind of stop the bleeding and, and get things under control. But the real healing comes when we work on the heart. And so right. that's discovering the why. Why am I addicted? You know, why am I using this to escape things? And what am I escaping from? Is there major trauma in my past that I haven't dealt with that I'm using porn mm. to cope with? Is there, you know, things in my life that I need to look at? Are there, are there people I need to forgive? Are there unresolved emotions that aren't there? You know, figuring out those things, what happened, what they caused. Maybe they caused, like I said, a fear of rejection or a feeling mm. I'm not good enough. I, you know, I, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. Um, you know, figure out what those things are and learn to deal with them in a healthy way. And that's where the true healing comes from, is, is figuring mm -hmm. out that why and learning to deal with it. I say all the time, porn addiction isn't something you quit, it's something you heal. Right. You know, it's not just a bad habit that you can just willpower your way out of. It's something you have to heal mm -hmm. from the inside out. Totally. You bring up so many great points, and I took some notes because there's a lot of a lot of different ways I could go about that, and I agree with 100% of what you just said. First of all, I think quickly, let's just cover off. You mentioned Covenant Eyes. Mm -hmm. It's not something I I have something similar, not that one. I've heard of that one. Do you just want to explain quickly for people who have sure. never heard of it what that looks like? Yeah, Covenant Eyes is a, a Christian-based software, um, accountability software that you can put on your computer, your phone, all your devices. And what it does is it blocks a lot of the um, porn websites and different things like that. Um, and they have assigned you an accountability partner, which they call an ally. And so they can mm. actually see if you try to access something, like if you, you know, Google Pornhub or whatever, your accountability mm. partner is going to see it and they can check in with you. Um, right. And it's one that I've actually worked, worked closely with them um, on that. And it might just be an, an American thing. I'm not sure. Um, mm. but there's a number of different ones that do that. And, and what those do, mm. they aren't the cure. They aren't the be all end all. What I say right. is they're like a guardrail. So yep. if you're, you know, veering off the road a little bit, you know, you're going to hit the guardrail and they're going to bounce you back to where you need to be. You know, yep. if you're going a hundred miles in the wrong direction, you know, they aren't going to do a darn thing, you know, but <laughs> they're, they're there to kind of be a, be a guardrail and be a, you know, set some boundaries for you and keep you on, on, on course. Totally. Um, yeah, and I think that's one of the things when I when I hadn't told anyone about my struggle, but I wanted to fix it on my own because I didn't want to tell anyone about it. You know, those are the sorts of things I looked at. And then I saw, oh, they cost some money. I don't want to spend money on this. I can figure it out on my own. But then honestly, now that I've got blockers and stuff, probably like, again, one of the best money I've spent. It's like 15 bucks a month. I'm not sure what Covenant Eyes is, but, you know, I'm not paying in the grand scheme of things. Okay. It's not a lot of money for what it provides. Um, 
to right. do something with, to say. With, with spending money on anything like that, yeah, I get it. You know, it's not something you want to talk about. It's not something you want other people to know about. But accountability is huge. Totally. Accountability is probably the most important thing I do as a coach. Mm. Um, and, 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 yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's fees that I have for my coaching services. Um, mm. You know, and I'm not here to get rich off of it. You know, I, I see it as a ministry first, not a business. But at the same time, you're, you're investing something in yourself. It, totally. It's like this, this person who pays for a gym membership is much more likely to go to the gym and lose weight than, you know, someone who's just, you know, working out at home or something. You know, it, it provides that, um, that motivation and kind of that commitment um, to get you to, to put in the work. Totally. And yeah, I think that's also not not the most important factor, but it's also a motivation factor, right? Once you sink some investment into it, that gets mm-hmm. you sort of get off your ass and get to work a little bit. Um, so that's sort of that first step you talk about keeping yourself, that's the guardrail. I wanted to ask you about the second one you said, and it's come up a few times, so I know how important it is people dealing with pain or dealing with trauma. I want to ask how can people deal with that? And my my experience has been, I thought I was fine. I had no trauma or anything, blah, blah. I get about eight weeks into this course that I'm doing with my guys and they sort of start to share their trauma. And only at that point, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I do have some stuff I need to work mm-hmm. through. But it took me that long to even figure out this stuff I need to work through. So like, how do people sort of go down that path of figuring out reasons of their pain? Yeah, that's often something you need, need help to do. And that's one of the things mm. that's, that's really hard to do on your own. Um, mm. whether it's through, you know, a coach like me or through a group thing like that or a counselor or a pastor or however you go about it. There's often things that someone else can point out in your life that you can't see yourself mm. and someone else that you can talk to and open up about and share those things. Um, yeah, not everybody has major red flag trauma. That I mean, that's good, you know, but, right. um, you know, sometimes we minimize other things, though. Um, mm. and, and think, oh, they're not a big deal. Just because the, I, I wasn't abused by someone doesn't mean that you don't have some type of thing on the emotional level that's still affecting you. Yeah, totally. Um, you said accountability is one of the most important things. That was the thing that took me from struggling every week to finally getting some breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that took me so long, so as you said before, I did every Bible plan. I, uh, I probably didn't read books, but I did every Bible plan. I worshipped, I fasted, I read all the Bible verses about addiction and pornography. Well, there's no pornography. You get what I mean, sexual addiction and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you encourage men to, obviously people have already come to you, so they've probably already taken a bit of a step, but how do you sort of handle men who are struggling with the accountability? They don't want to tell anyone, they want to keep it to themselves. What's some practical ways for them to get over that fear? Well, just find somebody you trust. You know, I talk about finding finding mm-hmm. your Nathan is kind of what I talk about a lot. Um, Nathan is the person in the Bible who confronted King David after his adultery with Bathsheba in right. uh, 2 Samuel 11 and, and 2 Samuel 12. And we need, every man needs somebody, even if they aren't addicted to porn or anything. Everybody needs another man in his life who's going to tell him what he needs to hear, not what he wants to hear. Right. And we need to surround ourselves with men of good character who will do that for us and that we can do that for them too. Um, you know, as far as the porn addiction thing, the best way, you know, like I said, is through, through a coach like myself or some sort of professional or something like that, or even just a group of guys like you're doing, you know, Mm. but we need those and it needs to be men. That's very important. You know, if, if you're married, your wife is not your accountability partner. 
under right. no circumstances should your wife or girlfriend or whatever be your counterpart mm-hmm. partner. It needs to be another man. And he needs to be able to check up on you. I mean, even if he's struggling with it himself, that's okay. You know, you can keep each other accountable. But to be someone who there's no fear of not disclosing things. You know, you have to have somebody Mm -hmm. who you can be completely 100% open, honest, and vulnerable with and trust. Totally. Yeah. I think that's epic. I think that's probably, yeah, those are the most important things I wanted to cover is, do you think we've missed anything that's going to help anyone on their journey or their addiction? Anything you want to get off your chest real quick? The biggest thing that I always tell men and, and want men to know is that there, there, there is hope here. You know, this isn't a life sentence. Um, it may feel like it. You know, I've worked with a lot of guys who thought, man, I'm never going to get over this. I'm, I, I just, I might as well give up because I'm, I'm never going to do it. And I felt that way sometimes. Mm. I was like, well... You know, I guess this is it, and I'm going to lose my marriage and my family, and everything's, you know, this is just my lot in life. And a lot of those times I go to a dark place. You know, I've had mm. guys who've had, had suicidal thoughts because they, they feel so stuck and so trapped by it. But I want men to know that there's hope. There's, there's hope for recovery. It sounds cliche, but if I can come through this, you know, anybody can come <laughs> through it. And that's mm. only by the grace and forgiveness of, of the Lord. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to overcome this without giving my life to Christ, his forgiveness, his redemption that he provides. Um, that is really where the true healing comes from. You know, my sins are washed, washed away by the blood of the lamb. And, and that's the hope that we have to find. And we have to know Jesus is there. We have to look to him, give our hearts to him, and, and, and he'll give us that hope. He'll give us the strength to get through it when we don't feel strong enough. When we don't feel courageous enough to open up about these things, he'll give us the courage. Um, he'll support us and love us when we need love and, and, and help us to get through that because that's, what he, that's his design for us. He wants us to live righteously and live like him. We'll always fall short of that, but he's there for us, waiting for us with open arms if we're willing to go to him and lay our burdens down at his feet. And so know that there is hope, know that there is forgiveness, and know that there is redemption. Totally. Hundred percent, and thank you so much for the work you're doing. Something that's so important to me, something that's so important to the people I love, to my closest friends. So many people are struggling with this, and the, as you mentioned, the mental effects it has on people. People feeling they're not worthy of God's love. People feeling they're not good enough to do lead in church and everything. It's such a big battle that probably not enough people are talking about, right? And so, thank you for the work you're doing. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, honestly, I love what you're doing. Um, well, I, I always like to finish off with some rapid fire questions, just sure. to get a little bit of, a little bit of quick, quick tips, learn about you. If you have any recommendations on anything, does it sound good? Sure. Hit me with Great. it. Great. I'm a big book person. I love to know what people are reading or what their favorite book is. Something that's made the biggest impact on their life. What's your favorite book? My favorite book. Um, there are. I don't know if I could pick just one, to be completely honest with you. What's a couple of your um, favorite books? You know, um, my favorite book that I'm reading right now um, is, is a book by a friend of mine um, called Men of Grit. It's my friend's nice. name is Jerry Adams. Um, he'd mm. be a great inter- for, interview for you as well about, about building strong, yeah. godly men and how men need to step up, be strong. Um, that's had a very positive impact on my life. Um, uh, you know, I would say on my faith walk and understanding with that, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis is one of the, the best books that, um, what was that I've ever written. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Right. 
um, is, is an excellent book on, on the Christian faith and examining the Christian faith and, mm. and walking through there. From a uh, more of a, of a fun type of reading thing, <laughs> um, I don't know if you can see behind me, I've, I'm kind of a, a few um, books. I'm Abraham Lincoln nut. So sure. uh, there's a few books on Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Team Arrivals is probably the most famous one, which is a book on Abraham Lincoln um, by Doris Kearns Goodwin, which is probably my favorite. I'm kind of a huge American history buff. So that's probably nice. my, my, my fun book, my not, uh, Epic. Yeah, not faith or, or self-help type of book. Yeah, cool. I don't know if you're a podcast person, but do you have a favorite podcast that you go to for anything? Really? Um, well, the quick answer would be my own, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What's it called? So, uh, my own is, is Into the Wilderness podcast uh, with me. Nice. And, and, and we talk about porn things as well, but we talk about a lot of other, um, other men's issues and um, you know how to help, help men be better. Epic. Yeah, we'll leave links to all that sort of stuff. Um and the description of this um if you could have one mentor maybe abraham lincoln um who's not god you can't god you can't this cheating who would your one mentor be oh man that's a tough one um yeah i think <laughs> you know what i'll go with what I've, I've just been working on a on a group study um on a man by the name a pastor by the name of dietrich bonhoeffer who okay. was a German Lutheran pastor in Germany in the 1930s and hmm. fought, um, worked behind the scenes actually as a spy against Hitler. Um, right. Was actually, oh, I've heard about this. Sorry. Yeah, was actually Sorry. caught <laughs> and, and captured by the Sorry. Nazis and executed by the Nazis a couple of weeks before the end of right. World War II. Hmm. And his book, Cost of Discipleship, is I sh actually, I should have put that on my book list. Um, uh, mm. an, an incredible book on kind of an expository of the Sermon on the Mount. His book, his writings, if I could just sit, if, if I could take a college level course on, mm. on Christianity and the church and, our, and on discipleship, um, I'd love to sit under him for, for, you know, a few weeks and just, just learn everything I could. Yeah. Oh, that's epic. I can't remember, but they came up somewhere. I don't know if it was someone talking to me or if I was listening to it on a podcast, but that person... Mm came up oh i think it was in a relationship podcast anyway mm. that's epic I, I think i want to read that now now that a couple of people have mentioned yeah. that that sounds cool uh anyway thank you so much for jumping on tim where you've uh, mentioned a couple of resources if people want to take the next step they want to learn a little bit more they want to finally be this addiction or heal from this addiction uh how where can people find out more about you sure best place to find me is, uh online social media twitter and instagram are my two main ones where i'm just at timothy regal just my name Mm. Uh, my website's timothyregal.com where you can find out more about nice. my coaching uh, my podcast and I have you know a bunch of different articles on things in there and everything that I do and and, and helping men you know defeat porn and sex addiction and, and heal the relationships and become better men mm. nice well thank you so much for joining on Tim I love what you're doing you're amazing thank you so much I appreciate you have a good rest of your day you too brother thanks for having me <laughs>